Welcome to Grisha Cast. This is your host, Eric. And this is Fiona. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse, a world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, hello, Grisha Cast listeners. This is your host, Eric. I am by myself this evening. Unfortunately, Fiona, our lovely host, has had to leave the show. She is um, really busy with school right now. And. She's just got a whole life ahead of her, a career and everything, and I um, I wish her the best and totally understand. She's really got to concentrate and, you know, get those studies done. So We will miss her sweet voice. We will, absolutely, and that was our lovely producer um, chiming in. And anyways, we're going to carry on. Uh, we are almost done with this book, and it's just getting so good. So I also, random little thing out there, just want to let you know I am trying to find another co-host. Um, I've got a couple people in mind. and um, So this episode will just be me, but hopefully here in the future we'll have um, somebody else to listen to because I know Fiona had a wonderful voice and I might sound like a duck. I don't know. But anyways, um, we're going to have some fun still. So recap, um, it was two weeks ago that we let out our last episode and where we left off was... Alina was at the Winter Fate, which, by the way, I'm pronouncing that correctly this time. Last time, I kept on calling it the Winter Feet. I didn't want to say anything. (laughs) Well, you should have. because I did now. I didn't notice it until I actually went back and listened to the episode. And, um, yeah, I I said it multiple times. But anyways, yeah. So it's the Winter Fate. And, um, yeah, so we had the whole Winter Fate go on, and Alina did her wonderful demonstration with the Darkling, and then we find out um, Bagra grabs her and pretty much tells her the truth about the Darkling and what the Darkling actually has planned and that she needs to get out of there if she doesn't want to be the slave for the Darkling. So He's not who I thought he was. No, he's not. And, um, and we're getting to my favorite part in the book, too. Yes, we are. Definitely. We're getting into a good part. And by the way, my husband, the producer, has also read this. So um, he um, he's great to chime in. And so anyways, we leave last episode with Alina is in the woods and Mal just all of a sudden appears. She almost was um, found. And yeah, Mal comes and saves the day. So... Going right into what we read for this past week, which is chapter 17, Alina starts to tell Mal about the Darkling's plan because Mal doesn't know anything about that. And um, she explains how the Darkling plans to expand the Shadow Fold. Not good. No, definitely not. And um, But an important fact is that the Darkling cannot do any of this without Alina. So that's just, that's huge. Um his plan can't go through unless he has her, and she has to be alive, too. So I like how he's such a powerful person, but his plans rely on her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he. It, yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> he's a very neat character. I really like him as a villain, um, especially can, the way this book was written. can do anything, but I need help. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of shows he does have some weaknesses there. So... We go on into this chapter, and um, Mal takes her further into the woods, and um, Mal tells Alina how he thinks that she she shouldn't have listened to Bagra, that pretty much no matter what, the Darkling is so powerful that he is going to somehow find Alina, um, because we know know the Darkling. He is going to go through 
to any extent um, to find her. He, she is the key to this whole journey and thing that he has planned. So uh, a quote from the book, maybe Bagra's plan was a weak one, but what choice had either of us had? I remembered her fierce grip, the fear in her feverish eyes. She never expected the Darkling would really locate Mortsova's herd. The night of the winter fate, she'd been genuinely panicked, but she tried to help me. So, yeah, we just we just know that Bagra's really trying to help, and maybe she did make a wrong decision. Um, I don't really know. Um, it's it's kind of a tough call. What would have happened to Alina if she would have stayed there? How would have the plans would have gone if she stayed in the small palace and was with the Darkling? Would she have found out really about the actual plans of what really was going on? I'm sure she would have eventually. Um, that'd be an interesting story to, I mean... What happened if she didn't run away? Yeah, like one of those pick your adventure books. Yeah, what would have happened? So, but in our story, we know she ran away. So, back um, to reality. Yeah, back to the Grishaverse. And um, Alina thinks <clears throat> more about Mal and how he really has just kind of given up everything for her and to come and find her right now. And he is now considered a deserter and can never ever go back that's a huge thing just because you can't desert the army and if you do now he's got all these people now not only trying to find alina but also trying to find him that's love it is it is and we don't really know like i mean i guess it's like a little hint towards it right now obviously i mean it's been hinted through the book the entire time but we don't see that quite yet that's the final moment i'm giving up everything to come with you in the forest yeah (laughs) how sweet so mal tells alina that um he's decided they're going to go north now um and they're going to go and find the stag on their own they are not going to because right now they're pretty much just like running away from the darkling so now they've got a plan uh the mal wants to find the stag and be able to get this amplifier for alina oh and by the way earlier i'm sorry i forgot to talk about this in the very beginning of this chapter alina has to explain to mal about amplifiers too and that was a really cool section i liked it because they um you know anything that we read about the amplifiers you learn more and more and i just think there's such an interesting artifact in these novels and so they go they start to head out um and they want to find they want to find the stag before the Darkling does. So now it's kind of this race going on between the Darkling and Alina and Mal. And Alina and Mal have no clue what is going on with the Darkling. They don't know where he is. All they see is they just know that the soldiers are out trying to find them. So um, in this journey that they've started out on, Mal goes and steals some clothes um, so he can get rid of his soldier uniform because, I mean, obviously, if you're wearing a soldier uniform, people are going to recognize you. So he wants to get down into some, you know, normal day scrubs, <laughs> something to make him look just like a like a normal Ravkin. So one thing he notices when he steals these clothes, because he steals it from a, a house and it's, I guess, a neighboring village. And he notices that it's just really eerie that there's nobody in the house. There's nobody around town. He just – he doesn't see anybody. Well, then all of a sudden he climbs up a tree and realizes that there's all these people gathering and they're all in one spot and that he notices a dome cart. And Alina then 
notices that, oh my god, it's butter week. So to us, we have no clue what this is, but I'm just going to say yum. That sounds delicious, butter week. Uh, I would absolutely be down for that. So right after she notices, we have this wonderful little quote that kind of describes a little bit. In the week before the spring fast, every nobleman was expected to ride out among his people in a dome cart a cart laden with sweets and cheeses and baked breads. The parade would pass from the village church all the way back to the noble's estate, where the public rooms would be thrown open to peasants and serfs who were fed on tea and blini. Mm. tree. Yeah, it sounds delicious. So they go, um, Alina... I, I guess if you've been running in the forest for so long, a snack cart would be really great. Well... Not only that, but like a festival where, I mean, sure. there's all this kind of food would be delicious. So yum. And it's called Butter Week. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, right now, you know, I'm, if you've been listening, then you know I'm on keto. So I'm all about some butter. <laughs> um, so they discuss, or Alina asks Mal if they can go down there. And Mal is like, you know what? There's a lot of people down there. We're going to be able to like blend in pretty well. So Let's go. Let's go and experience Butter Week. And this also happens to be um, where they grew up. So it's like it's something that they're really enjoying um, together and having a lot of like great memories coming back in. And um, while they're there, of course, there's got to be some drama. So Mal and Lena have two visitors. They have two men come and rob them. And at first, um, Alina is relieved by this because she was scared because it the the robber comes and like puts his hand over Alina's mouth and um when she realizes what's going on and that she's actually being robbed and it's not the oprichniki she's actually relieved which is totally something I would do um she's just like thank god I it's it's not the oprichniki it's just you guys robbing me yeah what a relief yeah <laughs> so I I find that funny and amusing just because I can relate to that totally. Um, We find out also that the two men that are robbing them, they've got some information. I mean, they've been around town, so they've been hearing that there was a military deserter, which obviously we know who that is. That's Mal. So they then all of a sudden get the idea. They don't know it's Mal, but they think, oh, my gosh, well, you know, that could be some more money for us if we um, if we turn him in and we can get a huge reward for that and they look at alina and they're like who's this well obviously she can't be that great i mean she's with him so there's got to be something up with her too so the the two robbers kind of start to realize they've got a little bit of um some ammunition there that they can use just besides like taking money from them or the bag that they have so but luckily you know alina's got this wonderful power so she digs into her pocket. Find, she lights it up. She does. She takes her mirror and she she doesn't blind one of the men, but she like uses her power and light to hit the mirror to reflect into one of the robber's eyes that then, of course, he's got to let go and they're able to run away. So then where do they go? Back off into the woods. And while they're running away, they start to discuss what just happened and... Also, it's it's really pretty. They're reminiscing about growing up, and they start to giggle and laugh, and you start to notice that things are starting to thaw between the two. They both have had a pretty rocky relationship, and especially since they've gotten back together this time, it's just been kind of, like, tense between them. They've been through a lot at this point. They have, and especially, like, we've been reading from Alina's point of view. So we see that Alina's 
been through a lot with this because we've gone through her missing him and just wondering and caring where he is to all of a sudden seeing him again and then being distraught all over again by his reactions. It's just, it's been up and down for these two. And then lost in the woods together. Absolutely. So uh, we, um, here's another little quote. Um, And this is pretty much how this chapter ends. We'd been robbed. We'd almost been killed. We were being hunted by the most powerful man in Ravka. But we were friends again. And sleep came more easily than it had in a long time. And I really like that quote just because it really is just like it gets to the point of really what's going on right now with these two. I mean, they're just – they had almost been killed. They'd been robbed. And they literally have the most powerful man in Ravka chasing after them. And what could that feel like, you know, trying to – run away from somebody that has that much like control over a country and it's just gotta be horrifying but i think it's scary you're you're alone in the woods Mm -hmm. someone's chasing you yeah and they're scared in love exactly well and now we like i mean just from this line they're also now they've got each other and that's what's comfortable they've got these horrible things happening but they now have each other so Anyways, we're going to go on into chapter 18, where um, Mal and Alina start to tra- um, travel to North Sabea, where Mal thinks the stag is. So this has been the plan the whole time, um, just to go try to find the stag. And Alina wants to know about Mal's scar. He's got this scar on his face, and um, she doesn't know what it's from. But um, she notices that every time she brings up the Darkling or his past like within the past couple months and anything about trying to find the stag he just kind of reverts the conversation um but she knows that he had to do something with trying to go and find the stag um because he was part of the military that came back to the small palace to tell the darkling that they had pretty much found the stag and that they they had an idea so she knows this much and um Here's another nice quote. What if we found the stag and I claimed the antlers? How might an amplifier that powerful change me? And the reason I am reading this is just because these are two really interesting questions, I think. What if we found the stag and I claimed the antlers? And how much would change with all that? You know, I mean, if she got this amplifier and she has no clue how powerful she's going to become. She knows she's got this power. It's taken her a long time to learn how to use it and will it. And supposedly an amplifier just makes it so much bigger and better. And she has no clue what's going to happen. And I would be questioning the same thing if, I guess, if I were a Grisha. And, oh my God, that'd be so cool if I was a Grisha. But just thinking about the changes that are about to happen if she finds it. and Because um, she has no clue. And so let's carry on. And Alina then brings up something. This is kind of sad. Um, but I think it's very important, too, that Alina realizes what's at stake. And if the Darkling, what's going to happen if the Darkling goes and and does find the stag and, in, and is able to capture her and all that stuff? What's going to happen? So Alina makes Mal promise that he will kill her if their plans fail. And, oh my God, like that's, that's just big. I mean, I could just imagine like my best friend, my husband, somebody that I just care about a lot, just saying, hey, I, if this doesn't work out, can you kill me? Like, whew, I could not do that. I, I really couldn't. I, there'd be no way. I, 
It's a big sacrifice. It is. And I just, I question that. Like, that would be a really hard decision to make. Um, It just depends what's at stake. But I keep on trying to think about something really bad. And I just, I can't, I can't see any way that I would actually be able to kill my best friend, my husband, or anybody that I care about if they asked me to. Yeah, that's that's a difficult position that I'd, I'd never really thought about until I was at this point in the book. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, I just couldn't do it. So obviously, um, Mal is not really excited about this, and they have to go back and forth between finally when Alina convinces Mal to just promise to do it. And you can tell he's he's not happy about it. He's just like, okay, fine, whatever. I think it's more like, you know what, you just shut up about this. And Let's it, just hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Let's just hope it doesn't happen. So um, Mal and Alina continue to look for the herd, and um, Mal starts to question his efforts. Um, he at one point thinks that the Darkling has already found the stag. Um, he just, I think he's getting worried because he's been looking and he's not having the best of luck right now. Um, just so he's 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 going back and forth in his head, thinking, well, maybe I can't find the stag because the Darkling already has. Um, but during this little breakdown that he's kind of kind of has in his head, of course, um, Mal starts to share more about this scar. And it's deeper than the scar that he's got on his face. It's actually more about the story that Michael and Dubrov were killed. And if you remember all the way back in the beginning chapters, he Mal's got two friends, Michael and Dubrov. I, I believe it's chapter just chapter one, maybe actually, um, where we hear about them. And um, they're just they're just Mal's buddies, and that they were killed trying to find the herd. And Mal goes into the story and explains it to Alina how um, he, their captain wanted to find the herd and came up with this ridiculous plan that their um, troop would dress up as Fjordans, um, which we know Fjorda is the country above that um, does not like Ravkins much at all, um, but to travel there illegally um, because that's where they think that the the stag is and the herd and that they would somehow have to try to get the the stag back over to Ravka but not kill it so they would have to dress up as Fjordans go across the border find the stag and then bring it back without killing it that's just I don't know that's it's pr- a pretty crappy plan and they realize that um Mal and Michael and Dubrov do and they all joke about it one night and how it's just kind of like a suicide mission but they then decide the next morning Mal actually goes up to um his man and tells him you know what I'll do it I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it and since he did Michael and Dubrov go along and do it too and unfortunately they um they were killed during this whole whole operation um along with a lot of other people and Alina asked Mal, like, well, why did you do that? Why did you do, like, why would you go on such a suicide mission? And he says, I did it for you. And he does it for her because he goes back, like, all the way back to when she was in the Grisha tent and they had just been on the Shadow Fold and where Alina protects Mal and the Volker come and attack. Um, right after that, they're in the Grisha tent and. Uh, the Darkling is about to take her off, and Mal remembers that, and Mal remembers how he didn't do anything. He saw how scared Alina was, how 
Alina didn't know what was going on, and she's the subject of this entire interrogation, and that he didn't do anything. He just was there. So that is his explanation of why he went on this crazy operation to find the herd, and unfortunately his friends are killed in the in the making of it. We also find out that Mal actually missed Alina just as much as she did, and he expresses that. And during this, they're they're just getting closer. You know, they um as we saw in the last chapter, they started to like have their relationship thaw a little bit, and you can tell that now. He's opening up. He's expressing about what has gone on, how he feels um, more than he has, more than we've seen so far in this book, and. Um, the end of this chapter ends with Mal putting his hand on hers and, you know, it's very romantic, but it begins to snow. And um, that's how chapter 18 ends. So going right on into chapter 19, which this is, is my favorite part. This is where the action happens. So the snow comes down and um, they notice that, like, because of the snow, like any tracks that the herd might have left um they can't see anymore. And also now, any tracks that they leave, that's going to be kind of tough to try to clear that away. Because um, we got to remember, they're being hunted down. So could you imagine just trying to run away from somebody in snow? <laughs> I mean, someone's going to find you pretty quickly. There's no hiding. No, there's not. Um, so Mal and Lena keep going on, though. They're not going to let that stop them. And um, Mal just talks about how much he's missed Alina and expresses that to her and he keeps going on and he it's it's really sweet he says I'm sorry it took me so long to see you Alina but I see you now and that is the line that prompts them and they then kiss boom oh I really wish Fiona was here she would love that part so I think that would be one of her favorite parts yeah so they kiss and, um, well, actually, no, you know what? She really loved it when the Darkling and Alina kissed because it's the Darkling and Alina. She's not that crazy about Mal. Maybe so, she just likes the kissing. I think it's more that she just loves the Darkling. Um, and I can completely agree just because, as you've heard, we love villains. But um, anyway, so they kiss. And right at that moment, what happens? They all of a sudden see the the herd walking across the glade and... They're just coming right out of the wood, and in between this huge herd is this beautiful stag. Um, Mal gets his bow ready to shoot, but Alina stops him and tells him to wait for a this second. Is my favorite part. Alina goes and walks toward the stag, and now I'm going to read a quote. The stag didn't move as I approached him, not even when I reached out my hand and laid it on his warm muzzle. His ears twitched slightly, his hide glowing milky white in the deepening gloom. I thought of everything Mal and I had given up, the risks we'd taken. I thought about the weeks we had spent tracking the herd, the cold nights, the miserable days of endless walking, and I was glad of it all. Glad to be here and alive on this chilly night, glad that Mal was beside me. I looked into the stag's dark eyes and knew the feel of the earth beneath his steady hooves the smell of pine in his nostrils the powerful beat of his heart i knew i could not be the one to end his life so that is exactly why this is my favorite part in the book i feel like that's the moment we're leading up to so yeah exactly like all of a sudden we finally get to the the stag we've got this whole plan we know what alina needs to do she's she's got this and 
she just makes contact with the stag and she can't do it. Which, by the way, I couldn't do it either. I cannot kill an animal. I, I would, no, there'd be no way. Um, even if I was starving in like the woods or whatever, I would. Ha- I think it would be really hard on me. It's another hard decision to make. Yeah, it's just I. Any life taken um, is hard for me. I just um, I couldn't do it. Um, I know there's a lot of hunters out there, um, especially where I live, and they just um, love it and do it as sport. But me, I couldn't do that. I, I it's just the stag. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. There's just so much here. So. Anyways, we see this, um, we read this, and um, yeah, so she's not going to do it. And what happens? All of a sudden, she hears an arrow, the wisp of an arrow, fly, and all of a sudden, the stag falls over, and an arrow has hit the stag, but it hasn't come from Mal. The Oprichniki and the Grisha all walk out from the wood. And of course, who's there too? The Darkling. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so... The Darkling appears and tells Alina that she should have listened to Mal when he was trying to get her to kill the stag. Um, because he was. Um, I, I don't think I explained that when I was reading this last part. But, you know, Mal was kind of trying to push her on, saying, you know, hurry up. we got to get out of here. Um, but she didn't listen to that. Um, and as we read, she couldn't do it. So the Darkling... Um, Try all of a sudden tries to kill the stag, um, but Alina jumps in front of it and he tries to use his special powers, which is the cut, um, which is a really neat. Um, I just think that's an interesting um, weapon that he has, where he can just cut people in half by like raising his arms and I believe like bring them down really quick. I'm not sure, um, can't really remember the arm movements that are described in the book, but the cut seems really cool. Um, but Alina steps right in front of the stag. And um, obviously the Darkling then doesn't want to kill Alina and ends up hitting a tree. So the tree snaps in half um, and sparing Alina and the stag. So this is a very dramatic scene. There's a lot that goes on. And uh, Alina cries out to Mal, um, you know, all of a sudden now here we are. Everything is over. Um, She can't see anything good happening now because the Darkling's there, the stag's there. And she just thinks it's all over. So she starts to cry out to Mal because she wants him to kill her. And, you know, that's just, it's it's hard. Again, that's a very difficult decision to have to make. Yes, exactly. Well, anyways, what goes on? The Darkling then slits the stag's throat. So there it is, folks. The Darkling killed the stag. So This has been a very patient stag. Yeah. He sat there through this whole ordeal. Well, no, he's been wounded. He's he's on the ground kind of like he's hurt. He's been hit by one arrow. But yeah, he's he is patient. Patient little guy. He stayed there for a while. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a mystical being, you know. I mean, sure. he's not just a normal stag. It's not your average stag. No, it's not. It's definitely <laughs> not. Um so the darkling um kills the stag and um he has his men go and cut pieces off of the antler, both sides of the antler, um, because he wants to make this collar. And he has David, yes, David, Jenya's David, um, quiet little David, um, and who Jenya has a huge crush on, ha- is there with the Darkling. And the Darkling has David fashion a collar together. I and- would not have thought he would have done that. 
No, well, I mean, we don't even know much about David. He hasn't really he's he's played a part in here, but we haven't heard a lot about his character that much. The only things we've really heard are from Genya, um, just because he's been so quiet when he's been in the story so far. Yeah, what I gathered from him, he wouldn't have done that unless he was being forced or coerced. Well, and then we get to the next part where um, Alina starts to plead with David um, about this, like, and. The Darkling mentions David understands the future. So I think there it kind of explains that the Grisha have kind of like been drinking the Darkling's Kool-Aid. They, um, they've been, they have their own story of what Ravka needs to be. Sure. And I, I don't think he truly understood. I think the Darkling spoke for him. I think he felt that was the only option at the moment. Well, good point. I mean, exactly. There, There's so much at stake with this whole operation and being a Grisha and having the Darkling as your leader. Um, I mean, what are you going to say to your leader? No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that would have been the worst moment. So anyways, unfortunately, as we know, David puts this collar around Lena um, and it's, it doesn't have any clasps. It doesn't have um, any buttons or anything that you can take this off with. It is not a necklace. It it's is a forever bracelet. <laughs> it is absolutely forever at this point. Yes. Um, so this thing is not going to ever be taken off. It is fashioned around her. There is no way she can ever get this off. So we know now that supposedly the Darkling now has control over Alina's powers. And that is horrifying, um, just because Alina is a very powerful Grisha right now, and now she also has this amplifier. And not only is this going to amplify her powers, but the Darkling is going to have control over it. So we all of a sudden get a little taste of this. And I was very emotional at this point. <laughs> so I'm going to read this quote, um, and this is going to explain a little bit about what's going on with that. Then the Darkling closed his fingers over my shoulder, and a silent command reverberated inside me. Light. It felt like an invisible hand reaching into my chest. Golden light burst through me, flooding the clearing. I saw the Darkling squinting in the brightness, his features alight with triumph and exultation. No, I thought, trying to release the light, to send it away. But as soon as the idea of resistance had formed, that invisible hand batted away like it was nothing. Another command echoed through me. More. A fresh surge of power roared through my body, wilder and stronger than anything I had ever felt. There was no end to it. The control I'd learned, the understanding I'd gained, collapsed before it. Houses I'd built, fragile and imperfect, smashed to kindling in the oncoming flood that was the power of the stag. Light exploded from me in the wave, wave after shimmering wave obliterating the night sky in a torrent of brilliance. I felt none of the exhilaration or joy that I had come to expect from using my power. It wasn't mine anymore, and I was drowning, helpless, caught in that horrible, invisible grip. So I love <clears throat> the quotes. She's such a poet. She is. So I, 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 as I've mentioned like all the time, I love her writing, and I love the way she talks about power, um, especially the powers that the Grisha have. And this is just beautifully written. I really feel like I'm taken in and understand exactly what is going on in Alina's body right now with her power. And I love that she also – that the Darkling's power and control is actually like – it. It she describes it as an invisible hand. Um, that's just so neat. I can – I 
I could squeal. <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> absolutely love that. Um, just because it's beautiful imagery and you, you can feel it, you can see it and it's just, it's done very well. So go Lee, love her. Um, anyway, so that's horrifying because this is something that we've been hoping wouldn't happen this entire time, but it has, um, doesn't seem, we don't know what's going to happen now. I mean, it just kind of looks like everything's going to come to the end. Um, the Darkling then puts Mal in chains and commands that they will leave for the fold tomorrow and, or I'm sorry, at next light. And if Alina hurts herself, that the tracker will then suffer. So the Darkling's commanding pretty much to Alina, you know, you try to hurt yourself, kill yourself or anything, then we're going to start hurting Mal. And we know how much Mal means to her. So to end this off, um, the very last quote of this um, chapter. What about the stag? Asked Ivan. Burn it. One of the ethereal Kai lifted his arm to a torch, and the flame shot forward in a sweeping arc, surrounding the stag's lifeless body. As we were led from the clearing, there was no sound but our own footfalls and the crackling of the flames behind us. No rustle came from the trees, no insect buzz or nightbird call. The woods were silent in their grief. Wow. And- yeah, I, I, it brings it, it's just, it, it ends this chapter, you know, pretty sad, um, pretty dramatic, um, but it really gives you a feel of what's going on, you know, um, we're, we're just, everything that we hoped wouldn't happen did. Everything's lost. <clears throat> yep, but you know what? We still have more chapters in the book, so we will continue to carry on. So that is all for our reading section that we read. And um, let's talk about news. Is anything going on with the feature film? So yes, Grisha cast news. And oh, by the way, guys, I'm working on getting some sound bites, and I really want to have my um, you know my breaking news break coming in. So hopefully, I'll get that soon, and we can have that for this. Um, it's exciting. But yes, back to Grisha cast news. Um, so. I've been checking, and there actually was um, an interview where with Lee recently where she said that the expected due date for this would be coming out late 2020. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's really not that far away. Um, they did say late 2020, so definitely most likely winter. Um, maybe even like, I don't know whether she meant like probably November or December, but they're expecting that to be next year. That's really not far they also did do a, a cast. They did a. They needed extras for a shooting in Hungary, um, which is kind of neat. Um, oh, we should have went. I know. Too bad we live in Nashville, but um, and truthfully, um, some of the when I was reading about this interview, um, I'm not really sure how true that is. Um, it's just a rumor. I'm going to say because I don't have that as an actual fact. But um, one thing that I do have that sh- she put posted on Twitter was that she was about to get ready to go and see the little palace and put on a kefta. And I'm wondering if that means that actually she's going to be in. Like have a little small part, oh, a little cameo. Yeah, because I mean, she's oh, that'd put, be great. That'd be really cool. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's what that means. Um, because I mean, she's putting on a kefta and she's going to be on set. So. She wrote it. She I should know. be in there. Absolutely. A lot of um, a lot of writers do that too. They have um, cameos in their own shows. Quentin Tarantino in all of his films. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So and I think he loves Tennessee. Yes, he does. 
So that's what I've got right now for Grisha Cast News. Um, I do want to, I've got a listener thank you. Um, this is for Facebook, Sarah. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, but thank you so much for, um, talking with me on Facebook. It was a pleasure. It was a, maybe like two weeks ago or something, but, um, I just wanted to make sure I shouted out to you and said, thank you so much for your comments. And I hope you keep listening. And, um, anyways, to all you listeners out there, thank you so much for hanging in there with us. Um, sorry, it was a two week break. We were just trying to figure everything out. And anyways, I'm back. We are here. We're going to do this. And next week we are going to be covering the last part of the book. We're going to be doing chapters 20, 21, 22, and after. Um, After's only like one page, so it's not going to be too bad. But I'm excited, and thank you guys so much. One thing that I do want to ask you is if you have any questions um, that you would like to submit to me, please do. Um, I could use as much help right now. So anything that you guys have that would help um, make the show better, um, something I can answer or just discuss, um, I would love – this is now the time where, I mean, I, I'd love to have the listeners help out as much as they can, you know? Yeah, it's a totally interactive show. You, you talk, we listen. Exactly. So please feel free to interact with us if um, right now is the perfect time. Thank you so much. This is um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I am a huge fan of Lee Bardugo and the Grishaverse and this whole series, everything she's ever done, and I um, I just I love this. So we're gonna continue to do this, and I will be here. And yeah, that's it. Thanks so much, guys. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, and yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you all, and you guys have a wonderful week. I will see you guys back next Friday. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram at GrishaCast and on Twitter at GrishaPodcast. And on Facebook, GrishaCast.